right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America podcast. I am your host, Jeff Vance. Thanks for, for tuning in live tonight with our episode that got rescheduled to tonight. I have Efren and Jeff from the Western Hunt Fest. And the, it's, uh, the inspiration to get these guys on here, I was talking to Brandon Waddell about his, and then all of a sudden it's like, you guys got yours coming up here. It's like, we should get you guys on and talk about the upcoming festival, the origins behind it, how long you guys have been doing it, how long you guys have been friends, and like get talk about journey into bow hunting and what got you going into the whole realm of hunting in itself and being in the great state of Colorado. You know, you have a lot of, probably have a lot of good stories to talk to about. So enough about me, guys. So I don't know, Efren, Jeff, I don't know who wants to take over. Why don't you tell us about who you guys are? Go ahead. I'll let him start. Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, my name is Efren. I, uh, Jeff and I, we, we co-own the Western Hunt Fest, which is kind of a mixture of, you know, 3D archery tournament, um, back out challenge and, uh, elk calling contest. We'll kind of, we'll go into that a little more, a little bit later, but yeah, um, I've been hunting dang near my whole life. My grandfather got me started on it when I was, when I was a wee little boy. Um, and I didn't really, we, I always grew up with a, a rifle hunter, so I didn't really hunt with a bow up until I think it was like 2000, uh, maybe like 2007, somewhere around there, 2007, 2008. Um, but uh, yeah, the moment I picked up a bow, it was absolutely game changer. Totally different style of hunting, a lot more fun, a lot more, a lot more challenging. So kind of just fell in love with it, man. How about you, Jeff? Tell us some story, your background. Yeah, so um, I grew up here in Colorado. Um, I grew up rifle hunting. I have I grew up in a family full of hunters. Um, kind of halfway grew up on a ranch, so like I I lived in a town, um, but then my family had a ranch, so we were always doing country stuff growing up. And uh, yeah, I um, I got into bow hunting by Efren. Actually, um, we married sisters. Oh no, so, kidding. Yeah, yeah. So we married sisters, and uh, I was at a birthday party one time, and uh, we got to talking about hunting. And he was like, "Yeah, you can hunt over the counter in Arizona with bow." And he's like, "You should get a bow." I'm like, "All right, well, let's do it." And then, yeah, after that, it was a wrap, man. <laughs> now, who met the sisters first? Now, were you guys already friends before your sisters before you guys married the sisters? No. Okay. Jeff, Jeff's no, he's known them longer. Um, and then I didn't meet Jeff until oh on our wet on my wedding, his my sister in law brought him, uh, and that's that's when I first met him. Okay, I, we had, or whatever, but yeah, I hadn't actually met him until until my wife and I got married. So then, so how long you guys have been friends together then, overall? Uh, what, ten years? About um, yeah, ten Somewhere years. Now. Yeah, we don't have we don't we don't know what our anniversary is. <laughs> <laughs> long as coming up long as you remember the 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 day you got married it's all that really matters everything else is just under yeah. the bridge hey that really is our anniversary too bro <laughs> that's that is a good uh i think i need a present that day too Dang. there you go you know a new release a new arrows you can't go wrong with that you know they got the upcoming no. season hey, coming let him fool you he gets hooked up i do <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know that uh, that uh, ability, the, that uh, opportunity to get hooked up with a whole bunch of meet unique people and shoot, get to shoot some fun arrows and such. So, you guys started hunting back in all been both rifle hunters, all 
for the longest period of time. So what drew you into the sport of archery? Was it just kind of like, hey, let's try this out? Or or was it just like to extend your your season? Uh, I didn't really do it for the I, – I hear that a lot, that I wanted to extend my season. I wanted to try different seasons or whatever. It's just – to me, it's it's more challenging. It's uh, it's like a sick addiction. <laughs> it it like all the different tinkering and I I don't know. I, I'm sure rifle hunters are the same way. There's probably a million different things you can do to a long range rifle, right? Um, but it's just the the you know the shot situations and uh the stocking and I mean everything that comes in, comes along with it, having to check your wind and all this different stuff. It's just it's a lot more in depth. I guess more uh, there people are probably going to hate me for it, but more of a, of a hunt, I guess you could call it. You know what I mean? How about you, Jeff? Yeah. So I did it for opportunity. So I came from Colorado. I was living in Arizona and dude, I was looking at their, the game and fish website, like puzzled, like what the heck dude? Like I had no clue what I was looking at. Like it was, it was very complicated. Um, So I asked him at his son's birthday party, like, like, yo, what's up with the Arizona hunting? Like, how do we do this? And then that's when we got into the bow hunting talks. And then I, I think we were out hunting that same August. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it just, after I got a taste of the bow hunting, it was over for rifle hunting. I didn't even want to touch a rifle. Well, we started, started in that unit closer to Phoenix. And it was like, it was like hit or miss. We'd see a deer. We wouldn't see anything at all. And then one day I just told him, I was like, I got to take you to my honey hole. <laughs> you got to see this place. Now your honey it, hole, is that in Colorado or is that in, in Arizona? No, we were, yeah, we were in Arizona. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a great spot. We'd go in and it was like deer after deer, after deer, after deer. And we ended up, we ended up getting hooked on the coos deer thing down there or however you want to say coos deer, cows, however it is. Um, we got hooked on them bad boys and. We pulled some decent deer out of there before we moved. I gotcha. I, one thing I regret not doing when I lived in Arizona, because I lived in Arizona from 2003 to 2009, and I wanted—I should have got my lifetime hunting down there, so this way I could at least have a leg up for since I relocated back to Wisconsin. So I should have, could have, would have, you know? Yeah. Serious. Me too, yeah. bro. Because I've been listening to Randy Newberg, and he talks a lot about how he kicks himself for not Get, taking advantage of the lifetime hunting fish because he has a friend of his that I think lives in Montana or, or someplace around near him. And he talks about when they go down to the, go the, the cows hunting down there by uh, Tucson, south of Tucson and such. And just being able to have that leg up to be able to get after those nicer tags, especially on the Mogollon Rim and, and even going after some of the, uh, the fowl down there too. Cause it's like, do you guys ever get a chance to shoot any fowl down there south of Tucson? Cause I know. That's a pretty much a hot spot, literally from January to February. They get a lot of good activity down there. What uh, you're talking like, like ducks. ducks? Yeah. Um, not south of Tucson. I I know like the crane fly, uh, out by like Wilcox, like Safford area. Um, I I did a little bit of duck hunting there, but it was more like in between Tucson and uh and Phoenix, or out west and out west of Phoenix. But not much, not much south of Tucson. Not that I knew of. I keep on hearing them rave about big old jackrabbits out there. Things like the state records, like thirteen pounds. Like talk about a monster. It's ridiculous. It's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's. They're bigger than the coos deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, or it, cow's it, deer. Cow, yeah, I think it's it's from what I understand, it's pronounced coos deer based off of the guy that actually found him during the turn of the century, like late 1910, 1911 era. And now, you, for those who don't know about a coos deer, they only get about like what 60, 70 pounds. A they're big one's big. like 80 pounds. They're not that big. Yeah, they're not that big. Yeah, they're tiny. Have you guys had a chance to knock one down with the bow yet? Yeah. Yeah. They got one, one each. Or I got one. He's got m- multiple, but I've got a couple. So what is you guys' memorable? Well, for, since Jeff, since you only have one, tell us about that hunt. Because not a lot of people get to up in there in the Midwest know what it's like to hunt such a small animal and why it's nicknamed the ghost. Yeah, dude, those things are crazy. So we actually got really lucky. Um, we uh, we were driving into a spot. He had already killed one, but we were driving into a spot. And we look up on the hillside and we see two bucks feeding. So like we literally jumped out of the rig. We quietly closed the doors and we just like snuck up through the uh, we had like good cover down below, down below them. And then we just snuck up through right at the edge of the opening. And then when they walked out, just smack. But yeah, it was, it it sounds super easy, but prior to that, dude, we were getting our butts kicked. Every time we would get close, they would be gone. Every time we would find them, we'd be looking around, they'd be gone. Those things are just nuts. But my first kill was a super lucky, like, boom, there it is. We sneak in and it's done. But yeah. And then he had killed one the day before. So it was like, it was awesome. You know, just. We went, we went a long time without killing anything together and constantly heard jokes <laughs> constantly yep. from, uh, from our, our lovely father-in-law was, uh, what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> the broke back hunting jokes and the. <laughs> yeah. Back thing. <laughs> But both of us, both of us grew up killers, though, so we knew like it was just a matter of time, you know. Yeah, you you, you can't give up. It's like that's the yeah. best part about like hunting, whether it be with a rifle or or a bow. That failure just motivates you to work twice as hard for the next year to be able to prepare for it and getting that scouting in before it gets uh, well, before and after it gets too hot outside because we all know that Arizona heat is no, nothing to sure. mess with. That cold too. It gets cold down there, man. I was shocked. I was literally blown away because I thought, okay, like I'm from Colorado, like I'm going to go hunt down south by Tucson, like it's going to be crazy hot. Dude, there were a lot of times that I was freezing down there, man. Yeah. Like. It's cold. Uh, a funny desert. story. It's a different we, beast. Desert. We were, uh, we were in a tent and it was raining all night and I slept good, dude, but I wake <laughs> up and this guy is soaked. I mean, like sleeping bag, everything just drenched. Every time, because I'm short, you know, I'm only five seven. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting pretty in the middle of that tent. While every time the wind would blow, it would blow and smack him in the face with the water. Just so he woke up, and I'm like, "How'd you sleep?" And he was like soaked, and he was miserable. Like, like, dang, bro, that sucks. <laughs> that is good. that is definitely true. What was it, Efren? I said good times. <laughs> and isn't that the truth, man? When I lived in Phoenix, I think it snowed like three or four times the t- er, er, throughout the time I was out there, but it was only just enough to watch the snow come down in Phoenix like off a of baseline and just disappear. So I used yeah. to live off of uh, baseline and I-10, so I know that area pretty well. Okay. Right on. 
Now, you guys are Arizona natives then or Colorado natives? No. So I grew I grew up in, in Rio Rancho, right outside of Albuquerque. Okay. Um, and then it wasn't until my sophomore year. So I was born in Tucson, but uh, about three years old, my we moved out to Rio Rancho. And then sophomore year, I moved back to Chandler. Um, and then, yeah, from then on, I was in Arizona until 2020. So for quite some time. And now you both reside in Colorado? Yep, yep, Colorado. Sweet. So what brought you guys from the Arizona desert to Colorado? Yeah, so I grew up here. Um, I grew up here, and then when I met my wife, I moved to Phoenix. Okay. Um, or to Chandler. And then um, I liked it and all, but I just really missed the mountains and, you know, just Colorado, just the lifestyle here. So um i think we lived there for like maybe five years and then eventually i convinced her to move and then ever, from the day i moved i was trying to get this guy to move and then finally i convinced him after like a year or two of being back out here so, so what yeah. do you, so what do you think Efron? do you like colorado yeah man i love it i love it the opportunities are amazing i always laugh because uh you know in, in arizona like an antelope hunt it's you know six seven years before you're drawing a decent tag um i got buddies back home that are still waiting for you know to draw a tag we're over here shooting them over the counter archery season my kids all have all my daughters have shot antelope now and that the the opportunities are just it's amazing for for residents and and most mostly for the youth so for me my big thing is my kids hunting um they're all they're all of age right now so it's it's big for me to get them out there and this is definitely the place to do that Oh, that's phenomenal, man. My, my, I pitched my daughter a couple of years ago asking if she wanted to come hunting. It's like, she flat tells me in shields like that. I don't have the patience for it. It's like, well, I respect your honesty. So it's like, but she still likes to go with us to the archery events and such. We have quite a few planned throughout this upcoming season, uh, except for she will not be coming with me to the, the mountain archery fest. So I want to segue into the Western hunt fest. So yeah. what, motivated you guys to start this festival go for it um yeah so we we love the 3d archery game so we love 3d archery um we love like i mean efren owns pack them out so like we love the i mean the pack outs we love i personally love the elk calling so um after going to all these different 3d events and doing all these different things um him and i had just always bounced it back and forth like hey we should start one with you know, with this or with that or with this or with that. So we, uh, we just, dude, we just went into it. Like we had a, an idea of what we wanted and we just went for it. That's great. Then. So what were some of the things that you guys learned? Like what were some of the hurdles you had to get through and like to get where you're at to, to launch year one? Go ahead, Efren. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I think the thing that we struggled with the most I mean, because you have an idea, right? And you want to you want to put it out there, and you want it to be successful. But there's so much that goes behind it. Uh, you got to advertise for it. You got to find, you know, vendors that are willing to come out and 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 they want to take a sh who's gonna who's gonna say yeah, I'll come out and I'll take a shot on you guys. Hope that some people are gonna show up and I sell enough to make make my vendor booth fee. Like it's hard when you have you have no leg to stand on. You know what I mean? Like it was our first year, and we're and Jeff and I, we've made a few contacts over the years, and uh, we kind of just shot for, you know what I mean, like 
shoot for the stars. Let's let's invite everybody. Let's try to get every vendor we can imagine. If if they're on your wish list, like let's let's contact them. So we didn't really hold back, and we had amazing support from Go. Like immediately, we had pretty much everyone we that we reached out to our first year um, said yeah, like they wanted to be a. We have a you know a ton of ton of support, um, but like as far as lessons learned and like how did we get involved with it is you know i think the advertisement was really the the hardest part um getting the word out to the right people and it's tough man it's definitely it's definitely something it's it's a little harder than i thought it was going to (laughs) be okay when it comes down to foam now did you now are you guys did you guys have to pull out a loan or how did you come about buying up buying the 3d units that you needed to to host an event so we actually that was one of our biggest hurdles so we weren't going to start it if we had to get a loan so we wanted to keep it debt free when we were doing it smart so smart. we actually reached out to places with targets in place and we said hey can we rent these targets so what we do still currently is we rent the targets from the uh from the place that we're having our event. And then we um, we use their targets, we set up the courses and we tear them down. So we we rent from them to help our budget stay even, you know? So we we went at this, I mean, we jumped into it, but we went at it really smart where we're, we're not getting big loans. We're not, um, right. yeah, we're not putting our families, cause we both have four kids or, or five, he has five, I have four. So we both have big families. So we really wanted to be smart and tactful when we did it. But yeah, so we we rent targets as of right now. That's smart then. So then so we don't have to worry about having a trailer to haul them around. So then right. at the at the, the at NRA there at Raton, New Mexico, they already have three mm-hmm. targets for you just to just to rent. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Yep. And then we pay, so we pay on um shooters. So Basically, every shooter that goes, we pay a fee on on that shooter. So it's it's perfect. It's a win win for both, you know. And then their revenue that they make off of the event, they could buy their new targets. We are still debt free, so we are able to keep moving forward, you know. So it's it's a it's a good model. It's worked so far. That's awesome, man, guys. As you yeah. guys continue grow everything, All right. Will you guys be able to, are you starting to start buying your own targets to, to just expand on the existing? Yeah. So, so as we grow, um, you know, I think uh, he stepped away now, but I think Jeff would probably say it's, you know, probably agree with me when I say like the vision of, of the Western hunt fest is not to be, we're not trying to compete with um, total archery or mountain archery, right? We're, we're a little different type of, of event. Um, we would, I, I don't think we're ever going to be to the point where we want, you know, a thousand people coming through in a weekend or a week or whatever. Uh, we're more informative on like the elk calling seminar, elk calling contest. Um, we like the pack companies to come out and showcase their packs, teach people how to properly load their packs, things like that. So, you know, if, if we ever grow to the point where we have, you know, maybe 200 shooters at an event, I think that's, you know, that's a lot for what we're going to be doing um so eventually incorporating our own targets is probably going to be a good idea but 
definitely operating debt free is is first on my, you know on, on my agenda. Yeah, it makes sense because I see you have multi, you have the pack out challenge, the elk calling contest, 3D archery tournament, and then the elk calling car, uh, seminar. Now it looks like you have uh, Jermaine Hodge from Phelps calls that he's going to be able to come out and prov- looks like he's going to be able to go to both of them or just one of the, of the events to put on these seminars for the people that are participating. Yeah. So we, um, so initially we had Jermaine, um, however, our, our schedules are super conflict cause he, uh, he does the WCAP program for the wrestling team, um, of the army. So he's pretty tied up in April. So he's not going to be able to make that one. And then in June, he's going to be tied up again. So we're actually going to have the elk bros and then we're going to have another person do a seminar who is amazing as well too. So, so Joe, Joe Julia is going to do both. And then we're going to have another seminar in there with, with Joe as well. That's so awesome. um, for, as far as Jermaine, he'll, he'll be still with us. It just on these two events, he's not going to be with us on these two. So um, the next one moving forward, we'll have Jermaine on it as well. Are you guys going to plan a third one for the year? Or are you just set with the two that you currently have booked? We're set with the two. And then next year we're going to do three or four. Okay. So, yeah. So we're. That's fantastic growth. Now from, since you guys are still fairly small with the, the people that are attending the event, are you finding a lot of new elk hunters coming to your events? Uh, I didn't. The ones in talking to people is it seemed like it, they were seasoned hunters. That's what I, that's what I got from it. I, um maybe jeff's talked to some different people but the most most of the the athletes we that i talked to last year were like seasoned hunters yeah same here they were all seasoned hunters um this year i really really want to focus on getting new hunters in there um so a lot of my efforts have been towards um like the the new hunters looking to get into bow hunting i really want to focus in on on getting you know the community involved because um, like living in a place like Colorado or New Mexico, everybody hunts, like literally everybody hunts, whether it's rifle, whether it's shotgun, bow, everybody hunts. So we, we really, that's like, that's another big thing for us is we want to involve the whole community. So I'm hoping that we get the interest of the new hunters, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm I'm sure there were a few, but not very many, not as many as I would have liked to see. I guess you could always also look at too. It's uh, you guys heard of Beast Mode Archery Challenge here in Wisconsin? Yeah. I did. Yeah, I, I I just caught wind of that like a few months ago, and man, I like ever since then I'm always like stalking their page. Like I love what they're doing, man. Yeah. I I want to work with them. Um, one of the guys that we work with, I guess he knows the guys pretty well, so I kind of want to work with them, like throwing guys back and forth to each other, because. I mean, they're awesome too. I love what they're doing. You know, the that's same. a that's a really good way uh, that Brian Austin and Johnny uh, Love or Johnny Dove they've both been able to come up with a solid strategy in getting new people in there, and they they really went after the athlete aspect of it. Like for an example, the, you guys are both having events on the same weekend here in April, and he's doing an endurance race. One lap is 2.2 miles. You have to shoot four targets throughout the entire thing. It should take you roughly eight hours to complete the entire course. But what he did is to, to bring in the athlete that wants to put, them throw, put themselves through hell was that he opened it up to have a team of four, and not everybody has to shoot, but everybody has to carry weight. 
that's just some ways to to bring in that aspect of getting those ultra marathoners in there too as well. It's just as you grow and like mirror other people, but Brian Austin is the guy I talked to. He's been on my podcast so many times. So he is the, he's, he's, a, he's got a mindset for it, but he's also has a, a well depth background in, in, in athletics and extreme sports. I mean, his, his pedigree came from when he started doing the mountain racing, mountain bike racing and that, and then it just kind of just the evolution brought him to where he's at today. But man, you guys would be a fantastic way to collaborate, just to kind of bring the two together. Because when I was lo- looking at your your pack out challenge, like this this scream is Brian's. Like you guys like could brainstorm, yeah. and it'd be a fantastic collaboration to be able to get you guys out there to figure out a way to work them out. And, he, and he's, as you guys all know, like when you get into bringing these events together, it's like soon as it, the snow melts, it's like it's game time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I uh, actually I had a. Uh... I had Joel reach out to him to get a banner so we could hang it at the Western Hunt Fest of, of Beast Mode Archery. Oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, because I want to promote them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I think what they're doing is awesome. And yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, we'll uh, work together someday. But but as of right now, I don't think we've had any conversations yet. But well, Brian is a busy man, but I'm sure if I'll I will I will put you guys into a conversation so this way you guys can start talking and brainstorming. Yeah. And if you want to do it before or after your event, we can go from there. Because I know getting these events set up and getting these courses set up, and if you want to try to add things onto them last minute can kind of be oh, a, a headache. With the pack out challenge, you guys decided to, because you guys, it's very straightforward with the, you're required to haul four quarters ahead, tenderloins backstrap. And what kind of sp- created this inspiration to create this pack out challenge go for it <laughs> competition um yeah. really that's what it boiled down to like yes like I, we keep reverting back to informative yes we want to be informative we want to make sure um people use this kind of this event as one fun but two like set your baseline like find out find out where you're at for elk season because it's it's around the corner um you come out and you, you know, you check your, your rig and you, you use your pack and make sure all your straps are working and you know what you're doing with your pack and all the good stuff. Right. But the, the competition aspect of it is really what, why we did it. Like, it's just fun. You know, you against your buddy, you against whoever else on the mountain. It's always fun to say, yeah, I was, I was the fastest one taking all those sandbags around and, I didn't, you know, I didn't quit and it, it's, it's a competition and, you know, you get to take the belt home when you're the solo champ too. So yeah. that's always, always a plus because everybody loves to bling. Yes. I, I saw that. That's pretty original. I like that idea of bringing out the WWF, uh, WCW belt. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so I don't know, but there's a lot of guys like me out there who will train for something if they have a goal but they'll pro- procrastinate their training to elk season. So this is just one more, one more reason for somebody to train to just to get prepared for, for the season. But yeah, we went all in on the trophies, dude. Like every trophy we have is big. It's, it's blingy. It's fun. Yeah. Um, our, our boys are wrestlers and uh, we, uh, we would mess around with the local tournaments and they had all these little medals. Well, then we would go to these bigger tournaments and they'd have these big old giant trophies and, the belts and stuff and you know they would just get them going so 
that was also in our planning phase. We were going to these tournaments at that time and we were like, Hey, we should, we should do this. We should have a belt. We should have trophies. Like that was kind of our, our, uh, our thing. I'm going to mute this. So go ahead. Ev. Yeah. It, it all, it all goes back to the trophies, <laughs> the competition against, against your fellow hunters. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Yeah. I noticed the, the uh, belts now. Kafaro is one of your bigger sponsors now is it I'm hoping that this is pretty cool it's like so when you participate in this challenge do you get to use their equipment to test it out or do you have to bring your own so here's how last year worked um they they were one of our bigger sponsors last year as well uh and just with conflicting dates and this is like the growing process like we were talking about um like we talked about advertisement was a struggle in the beginning um timeframes is also something big because there's so many other events going on throughout the country and all the big names are all over the place well we want the big names with us as well right mm -hmm. so last year was a struggle they couldn't have anyone out to come out and uh and showcase their product this year however they uh they have made it so that they will have a couple people from kafaru on on site at both events um i believe they're gonna try to bring some some bags that if you wanted if you want to run them you can but for the most part uh people are encouraged to use what they're going to use in in the woods right you want to you want to check your gear like it's great to try out a new bag but if you're actually coming out to compete with and see and check that baseline like you want to use your pack you want to make sure you know how to use your pack um yeah it, i i let people use my reckoning last year jeff had his out so people could use that as well. Um, my wife's hellbender was out there. So we definitely have packs for people to try out if they want. Um, but yeah, I personally, I would recommend they show up with one. Okay. That's a good question. I want to have answered what I just kind of spurt, spurt came to my mind here is like, do you know what would be cool? It is, is that whoever, like if you're a brand new elk hunter that doesn't have any gear or something like that, that would be a great prize. It's like your prerequisites are you've never, you've never had, you've never drawn a tag. You have a pending tag for the fall and you don't have any gear. And it's like, and if you don't, this would be a great way to introduce that new hunters into it because it's like a good pack is not cheap. And we all know it's like, you're either going to go with Kafaro, you're going to go with, um, oh, what's that company that, uh, Mystery Ranch. Who else is, makes a really solid pack that you guys would Initial Ascent. Initial Ascent. There we go. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Stone Glacier. There's, there's a handful now. Yeah, so, but that'd be a really cool way to get to spur those new folks into it is just reach out to them it's like hey if you're brand new and saying this is your opportunity to get some gear it's like and just have a whole subclass of just new people it may it may take a couple of years to actually have like three or four people because it'd be nice to have like six people six brand new people out there and three people walk walk home with some some gear it may not be a full pack but something that will get right. them stepped in the right yeah. direction or like a gift card towards one of these these respectable uh, companies. Yeah, yeah. We yeah actually, so we've got oh god, we're giving out this year. Um, our title sponsor. This entire thing is brought like brought to you guys um, by Colorado Spring Shields this year. So they've they've put out you know tons of of advertisement for us. They've given us a whole bunch of gift cards to give out. So if someone is a new hunter and you're looking for gear um definitely i would say come to the event participate 
and I, we give out we give out something to everybody. So there's there's going to be quite a few hundred dollar gift cards being given out. Um, there's gift cards in some of the some of the prize packs. So definitely something to look forward to. That's smart. I like I like that strategy to get after that young market and such. Now, do you guys have anything for kids wise? Like, do you, is are you gonna is or is this gonna or is most of your attendees mostly a, like young adults to seasoned hunters? Yeah. So no, we're gonna have stuff for the kids. So um, uh, last year we uh, we had like Nerf guns and we had, let the kids have a Nerf fight in the vendor area, which was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, and we might build on that a little bit this year, but we'll definitely, uh, so we, um, last year we had one single elk calling contest and we let the kids join it. Okay. Um, and some of them did really well in it, but this year we're uh, breaking up the kids in their own division, giving them like really good prize packages. And then we're going to have like, um, some, like a little, like, kids range with like some nerf bows and and just stuff like that just to keep them entertained um and then we're also going to have like cornhole and you know the seminars and and food and whatnot um so we really want to focus in on the families this year too because it's hard to to get for me i'm going to speak for myself i have four kids it's hard to go to five different 3d shoots without your family you know so we wanted to include the families um, with our New Mexico event, they have the camping, they have the cabins and everything. So it's going to be a really good time. Um, we also have a vendor with us. Um, have you ever heard of MTS Archery? I have not. So it's moving target systems. So he throws skeet, like there's um, skeet targets for a trad bow. Okay. And the kids soak it up, man. It's It's so fun. He brings a handful of bows that people can shoot with. And he has like little flu-flus on it. So we're really uh, we're really trying to get um, the new hunters by having uh, one. We're gonna we're it's a free entry to anybody who's not competing. So we want to just pack it in so that there's all these people there growing their interest as they're watching the competitions. And then two, we have the monitor screen for the pack out challenge. So we're gonna get to watch the contestants. So we really want to involve everybody in it so that like you know the guy that you know lives 20 miles from Raton is like. Hey, I really want to get into hunting. Oh, this looks really cool. Let me try this out. And then, oh, there's some vendors here. Let me try out some gear. Let me see. Like, right, let me right. work on, you know, this, that, and the third. So that is the right way to go. So, Efren, tell me about pack out, pack them out apparel. I saw, I've been looking at your website and digging through it here. So, is this something, it started in 2018. So, how is that project, that, that uh, business going for you? It's, uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's it's a it's a business. Um, it started out as an idea that maybe I could sell a couple shirts and hats. Um, yeah, I did the whole buy the cheap gilded shirts, and I bought I think a dozen or two dozen hats for pennies on the dollar from some janky website. Had them embroidered. Took them out to a three D shoot in Phoenix, um, and basically sold them out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe th- maybe there's something here. So we uh, we started, you know, trying to find a better shirt, better quality shirts, better quality hats. Um, started working with different artists in the valley, trying to find out, you know, what type of designs would sell. And really started making making a business out of out of an idea. Um, 
and now we're we're selling every week we're pushing out orders and we're in shields now and it's it's become it's become a little more than just an idea uh but it, it's fun it's fun to keep the family involved uh my family jess family we go to these 3d events together um we you know both how are both households constantly wearing the, the products all over the all over town it's it's fun it's a lot of fun to, to uh to pursue is it making a ton of money no but it's fun <laughs> That is true. At least you're always you always be a stock of, of hats, t-shirts, and hoodies. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, me too. Because <laughs> you you guys even you've branched into having a, a kill kit system too as well, which is we pretty did. pretty which is pretty cool to have all that stuff wrapped up to ready to rock and roll for your gloves and three sets of black rubber gloves, reflective yep. paracord, ten replacement blades. I mean, this is a pretty it's a pretty good setup right there for i think that's a fair price what you have it for yeah it's not bad it's not bad those sell pretty decent also yeah i was looking at you even went the extra mile to have them all embroidered and such now i i see one of my our good friend or mutual friend uh, mondo is he doing any custom yet not yet holds for you guys bow hitches he says he is yeah he, <laughs> i was actually ta- i was talking to him uh earlier today i told him we had this podcast he told me to make sure to tell you tell you what's up but uh I uh I'm still waiting for a custom either a Western Humpfest or a pack em out bow hitch. That'd be He's that'd working be a, on it. That'd be a good reason to uh to get a new bow, right? Oh yeah, because carrying your bow sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Oh now, but I definitely use another one. That's I got I got one on my bow and my wife likes her um, bow spider, so it's like, you know, well and I got an I just got a new I got a target bow, so it's like it's not really it's that's just the, the stabilizer just make it too awkward to carry around. So on either on either platform so but they're a great they're a great stocking stuff to have it's like i i i got a nice bright blue one so everybody can see it and pops out so i've had a few i've seen a few people out here uh east of the uh, mississippi carrying around so none of oh, it's really? quite popular but it's it's growing you know i every yeah. time I, I swing in and tell people to like hey you should check this stuff out oh yeah. it's a great product i love it man it's, it's so it was the game changer it was a game changer for me oh, yeah. I, I love it. And then Mondo himself and, and Doug, they're, dude, they're as cool as it gets. Yeah, Those guys, are. like, if, if you're, if you like all, all the different systems, just their personality alone is enough to buy, you know, yeah. their product. Their product is amazing, but those two guys are, they're top notch. Although they're from New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're not that far away. So, when you guys chose Raton as a, your location, why did you pick that? Because there's so many opportunities in your area. Uh, the facility. So, yeah, the facility is amazing. I, I, I reached out to another place that's a little more um, Albuquerque local, I guess. Okay. And they just, some of them wanted it. Some, I guess it had to go to a board and some people wanted it. Some people didn't. So it, they don't have, as many 3d um so going back to we rent our targets right so yes. there's a lot of sure there's a lot of places you could probably go in new mexico but it that gets real small when it, you get down to where now i have to go to a place where they already have a setup um you get limited on on your options so currently operating the way we are 
we only had a few to choose from and by far the best option for us was the NRA Whittington center. Um, and we do, they literally have given us nothing but love from the moment they, you know, they answered the first email. It was yes, yes, yes. We want to talk it. There was, it's kind of a no brainer to not, not only do it there this year, but future also like that, that'll definitely be one of our homes. Yeah, which which is pretty cool. I'm, I'm looking at their area view here. They got a gun range. They have trap shooting. And they got a, a really good, nice facility to work out of. See, yeah. and that's the thing too is, so we have our event the 29th and 30th of April. But if someone wanted to come out, a, literally, if you wanted to come a week early, you could come out and you can shoot skeet. You can just hang out with your family. You can do if you want to bring your long range guns out. You can do that. They have pistol ranges. They have they've got everything there. I want to say they have 15 ranges and 33,000 acres. So like the place is like amazing. I mean, um, I grew up like 20 minutes from there too. Okay. Um, I had never been there, honestly. Like there's always been like this line between Colorado and New Mexico. So like where I, where I was from, like we'd always go North, like, Oh, you want to go do something fun? Go, go to Colorado, you know? So like honestly, I'm ashamed, but I had never been there until this thing started. I gotcha. And but yeah, uh, it's it's amazing. The building we're setting up for the vendors in is a hundred yards long, and it's like it's got all these bay doors, so like the vendors can set up inside, but then they could open their bay door and then be outside. You know, it's it's awesome. That's great. And with the April, you never know what you're going to come into if you're going to deal with snow or if you're yeah. going to be dealing with rain. And then, in fact, the matter, but then it gives everybody to get out of the weather and if they give it's whatever how make, makes sense for them. Now, how many targets does their facility have for you guys to utilize? So we, we have enough there um, for at least two courses, but we um, we have a good relationship with the American Bowman, too, and um, other people who can we could rent targets from if, if we need more and more and more. So as of right now, we're OK with um, what they have there. But we do have good relationships to get more if we need them to. And well, then we run then two twenty two twenty target courses this year, right? Yeah, and the, and in the future, when when the numbers grow, we'll we'll grow that too as well. But we, uh, yeah, we have all the room in the world. The uh, NRA Whittington Center. We could, I mean, ideally, we can set up five uh, five courses if we wanted, but. We uh, we're slowly working on purchasing our own targets too. So we're gonna buy buy some here, some there, some here, some there, and just really slowly work this thing and and grow it organically. Smart. That's the way to do it. The, yeah. I was gonna recommend you guys should reach out to Cameron Stover. He runs HuntingGearDeals.com, and he he's got an algorithm. He's got a bot that basically goes out into the interwebs there and pulls out all of the deals throughout the entire year. And he's the guy to talk to about making sure like when you want to buy them at the best price. Like today, for an example, I went on to his website and there's deals that are with Reinhardt and Camelfire that have deals for it with elk, but the the, the one third of the size. The, and then you got a few bag targets to feel other stuff like that. But that was that'd be the best person to reach out to because in this way, then he can he can be on the he can have your his finger on the pulse for it. It's like, hey, this is what's coming up because he's got a really good relationship with everybody, and that would be the best way to be able to start building that your 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 there arsenal you up. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if you, if you don't mind, get us in contact with him. Oh yeah, I, I'll and, gladly do it for you guys. 
Yeah. And then, so we, uh, we haven't even touched on our, our 3d competition, like what, what that entails. So our 3d competition, we have assigned hunter specific tasks at each shot. So for instance, like shot number one, there's going to be an animal in a tree and you have to shoot at a steep angle and through some brush. So like each target is going to have you either crawl, you're going to have to do uh, like squats. You're going to have to do something assigned with each target that you may find in the woods, like pulling back from a blind or, you know, just shooting with the elevated heart rate, shooting with buck fever, just all these different um, assignments that we put on each shot. So it's not just a typical like 3d shoot where you have good footing we're going to mess with your footing. We're going to mess with your confidence and we're going to try to break your score down so that you really learn before you get into the elk woods, you know, or into the hunting woods. Smart. Yeah. Then now, do you have any novelty shots that are going to, that you guys are going to be incorporating to for the ones that are like you, like a 130 yard shot or anything, anything random like that? Something that you wouldn't typically do in the real world, but something just to fun with for a long poke. So initially when we were setting up the course, we were not going to do it, but then we did a live and everybody wanted the long shot. So our justification behind that is a follow-up shot because I mean, any follow-up shot's a good shot, you know? Yeah. So we do have a couple long bombers out there and on each shot, we have like a little uh, instructional thing on the course telling people like what it is and, and stuff. So we, we did include that in there, but yeah, we have some long shots in there. Oh, that's always exciting. That's always fun to be able to get that, get them out into that realm. Then now is oh, yeah. this, is this going to be a, a separate fee, uh, tr uh, for a separate uh, 3d course for the, the archery challenge tournament, or is that going to be the entire course? So one, one day is going to be one course. And then the other day is going to be the other course. So we have um, on Saturday, we'll be running mule Canyon. And then on Sunday we'll uh, run, uh, I think it's called graveyard Canyon. And okay. then at American Bowman, we'll run red, and then we'll run blue. So we'll run two tournaments. So it's two two 3D tournaments for the weekend. So each day has a champion. Smart. And this way also gets people to come sign up and get the two-day shooter pass there. Because it's like, yep. why not spend the money to do it? Because it's like, there's there's an opportunity for you to get out there. And especially, like, I've run into this, too, where I've shot at a couple yeah. R100s. And you have thunderstorms coming in. And the thunderstorms are not going to let up for at least until, well, they're just until after dark and so as you give you an opportunity to come back and shoot again i know right. last year it happened to me at the r100 here in wisconsin where we had shoot, we shot saturday we got through 25 targets then the storms kind of start rolling in because you start feeling the humidity you can start smelling the rain and you just look at our, our radars like that's just nothing but sea of red and yellow so it's like well this is good this is going to be done so i i packed up and I had my good buddy uh jeremy uh from the toxin app he came over to my place we sat down and recorded a podcast and we were sitting there and all of a sudden i pulled a tick off of myself and it's like then then of course you then then the paranoia sets and it's like everything's a tick oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm deathly afraid of those things oh i i agree there so there's something not to monkey with and down in your area they're down in that region of the country there's a few ticks out there that can make you allergic to meat it's like that's not cool yeah, yeah. And uh, what is it? Um, I, had a, I had a guest on my podcast here a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's titled uh, 20,000 minus one things to do in the blind. And one of the gals on her name's Julie, and she has Lyme disease. And she ended up getting an autoimmune, autoimmune disease from it. Okay. And it's like, so she hasn't able to, 
I'm looking for. She isn't able to draw a bow back, but she's still able to go out there and hunt because she's found that eating a nice all-natural meat and eating more of a meat diet, more of a carnivore diet, it really helps with her autoimmune disease and such, and with her two kids too, because she she got the disease prior to having the kids and, and it passed down through them. So that was a uh, something that I did not know that could actually happen for 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 women that can pass it down through through the birth canal. So that's that's unfortunate, but it it happens. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. It is. Um, also, so like as far as our vendors, so like our, our vendor pricing is super, super affordable. So if you guys like want to set up or or if you know somebody who's looking to grow their business and really get into the like the Western states, um, have them reach out to us, man. We uh, we have a handful of vendors, um, but we have a lot a lot of area to set up in our New Mexico event. Um, our Colorado, we're almost capped out, but I think we could accept a couple more too. So if you guys know somebody or if you, you would like to come out. No, both both your events, I am going to be doing some. So the April 29th one, that's an HHA USA event at Vortex here in, in Wisconsin. And then the June 24th, 25th, I'll be in Beaver, Utah at a math event. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, well, it's something that we'll have to figure out how to do for the next year. For us yeah, to for figure sure. out how to do it, because we, we, me and my group of us, we started planning our 2023 season in December to try to figure out what days we can work off with and what yeah. days and who all has PTO to take this stuff. Because for us, for to just to get out to Beaver, it's going to be a 24 hour drive for me to get out there. Gee, that's yeah, that's a, that's a drive. Yeah, that that goes. Like I said, um, you know, we kind of bump bump heads with a lot of different events planning for next year for 24 we'll probably start like mid hunting season. We'll start poking our heads around and seeing who's, who's setting dates where and what, who, what vendors we want to, we want to try to secure again for 24. We'll probably start talking to them ASAP. That's the best way to do it, to try to get an idea what's all going on. So what's, yeah. what's going on at the, the, the Colorado there in Bailey? Yeah. So Bailey uh, is where we had our first event and it's awesome, man. It's like the courses are set up like very challenging and then um the uh the president of the club he tweaks it to our likings as well so he like makes it awesome. a little harder because he's like one and the same with us like he wants challenging shots he wants to to break you down and and really make you learn from from your shots so okay. bailey is awesome and then it's just set up in the mountains um it's close to denver it's it's perfect you know um it does not have electricity and it does not have camping though. Those are the only two things. But other than that, man, it's awesome. And in the future, we see like holding our championship there, you know, because we could only hold a max of 150 people there. So in our future plans, we we foresee just having our championship at, at Bailey okay. and having it later in the summer and then having our um, other events before that so that all of our qualifiers can just roll on into Bailey. So but like- it's a class act club. Like it's, it's awesome. We, uh, we were very fortunate to stumble upon them. So it was, it was great. And I'm looking at it at the map here. It's like, yeah, you flying into Denver will be pretty easy. There's tons of Airbnbs in golden Morrison. Yep. The reason why I just have a back or a history with this. Cause I had went to a wedding here a couple of years ago out in Denver, something like that. We, their reception was in golden. So we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time looking at Airbnb and, place we spent we turned it into a whole event so like the the wedding was right at the very very beginning and the rest was our honeymoon because it's like 
and then after, well, we had 20 or got married in 2019. Well, then we all know the shit storm that happened in 2020 in 2020. So then we just, it just kind of worked out for us to go there. And I swear, I, I tell my friends is like Denver looks like a Midwest Chicago for how, how rough the infrastructure is and all of the good thing. The yeah. nice thing is about winter time. A lot of hom- homeless people run South. Oh, they do. They stick it out too. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They're not scared of it. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. We, we live in the better part of the state. You know, we live a, a little, a uh, little closer to the, the 14ers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I was looking at this too. It's like, man, it's funny. I, we were, cause on Monday, cause we, since we were able to connect on Monday, I ended up doing a podcast with buddies that were going, that were going out to, to uh, uh, Mount Archery Fest on that day. So it's like, a swallow, I, I, I did, I got the podcast on Monday. Like I got you guys tonight. And then I have another podcast Friday night. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of work. And yeah. it's just, I, I swear, all I do is live in front of a computer, just editing and doing shorts and all that fun stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun, but boy, is it, uh, it, it really takes a lot of time management to figure everything out. But I was looking at the route. We're going to be right, going right over you guys through 70, through the path to get out to Beaver. Stop and say hi. <laughs> well, you know, our, the way out, it's going to be, it's all business. But on the way back, it's going to be slower because it's like we're going to be wrapping up Sunday. And then we'll be Sunday or Monday, one of the two, and then we're going to start making our way back east and stuff like that. And the people I'm riding with, they want to take their time, go slower. So that's perfectly fine. It's like I I took an additional day off just to kind of relax because this will be the first time ever for me being above 10,000 feet. So my mind has been gearing up to be in training mode to get ready for this event. And I saw that you guys, one of your sponsors is Wilderness Athlete. And one of the products that they have is their, um, altitude advantage and that's one is like what are your uh elevations for your events just for those that are listening to this podcast or watching the podcast know what to expect at what altitude it is so this way that they can either prepare for it or get ready for it or get their get their lungs get their blood and everything ready to rock and roll yeah so uh Raton, new mexico the nra whittington center i believe it sits like our pack out course i believe it sits at like six thousand feet elevation so it's not crazy high but then uh, when we get up in there and do Bailey, I believe we're at 85. Okay. And I could, I could be a little off on those numbers, but it's not much. Yeah. So, so the, the course at the Whittington center will be longer than the course at Bailey. However, the, they should be about equal to on what they take out of you, you know, good approach to have how many targets are going to be at, at Bailey then uh, 40 as well. 40. Okay. 22, two. 20 two courses yeah okay very yep. cool you, you know and uh one thing what peace mode archery did what they did is they, they to create a third one is that they just did they did 14 targets per one but it's like it, it's a no joke no laughing matter type of uh ter- terrain to get through so which yeah these aren't going to be any any walk, uh walk in the park and what are some of your expected ranges for what hunters hunt or archers should expect for distances between the t's the the box the T box and then their three target. Go for it, Efren, if you're if you remember. Uh, yeah, I think we're the average are, are like forty and fifty, but you got some. I think one of them is even sub ten, and then you know we've got a couple that are you know sixty or sixty five ish. But really, we're we're trying to keep them ethical shots. So sixty, you know, thirty to sixty. There's a, a whole bunch of those. And then we got a couple, a couple longer ones mixed in there, but tried to stay like thirty to sixty ish. I think I think one of them is six yards, and I think the furthest is one hundred and three, I believe. Okay, 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's like I want to be in. I want to be part of the podcast too. Uh, when she's done with me on the computer, she like jumps up on the table like you're done. <laughs> it's like you must give me lovings. Looks like she got a leaf in her mouth. Oh yeah. There we go. She's a wild girl. Sweet. Do you have any plans or, any, or have you, do you have any anything right now on, on penciled in for 2024? Not yeah. yet. Kind of. Oh, maybe he does. <laughs> I didn't think well, we did. Well, for sure, for sure, we'll be back at, at the Whittington Center. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then um, we are, what, 90% sure that we'll be back at American Bowman. And then, yeah, yeah. And then he's working on another one. Yeah. So something we want to, we're going to bring into next year is a scoring system. You'll, the athletes will come to, let's say, Raton, and you'll get an overall score. If in your archery you score, let's let's just give hard numbers. Let's you do a hundred, you get a hundred in your archery. Your pack out challenge went eh, okay, and you got seventy points for that. And you bombed the elk calling, and you got ten points, whatever, right? So we'll take either top three or top four. We haven't decided um, from each event. You'll get a whoever's got you know the top three high scores. Those people would get invited to what we're hoping to do. It's like like the, you know, the finals in Bailey, a little more small, intimate place. We don't really need all the vendors to show up. Um, it's more of a come out and earn your, earn your final trophy. Um, so we're hoping to, to incorporate that scoring system next year. And like Jeff said, we'll have three or four events next year. So we can kind of pull, we'll pull athletes from, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, maybe Utah, Wyoming, not sure where the other two events are going to come up, but it would be ideal for us to keep that finale in Bailey. That'd be pretty cool. Do you have any prospects in like Arizona? Cause I was just thinking like, if you guys want to do something a little bit different, maybe start your, your season in March or even, even in February, if there's an opportunity for it, but someplace in the lower desert, you, right. Is, is, is you guys look, thought about doing something like that to be a little bit different, just to kind of kick off the three season be a little bit for everybody i don't i don't know if you're if that is outside your your realm of what you want to do because i'm because everything right now is very fitted towards elk and i don't and i don't know how well how how i what there are looking for i, I know a lot of elk hunters in arizona whether yeah. it's whether it's northern arizona or southern arizona they're everywhere so yes we are a little more elk driven um but the competition is there the shooters are there uh, Arizona is definitely on the radar, whether it's Northern Arizona, Central or Southern, not really sure yet. Uh, so I guess that's, you know, to be determined, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely on there where we want to do an Arizona one, especially cause you know, I, I started hunting, well, not started hunting, but started bow hunting there. It's definitely a, a hot spot for me. I'd, I'd like to get an event roll in there. I got a lot of buddies that are still, that are, you know, encouraging it to come out towards arizona too so yeah i was looking like black canyon city they, they got a nice terrain there but the thing is like to fit your guys model do they have any 3d uh clubs out there that is the kicker yeah yeah and there are there's some there's some good clubs in arizona so um i know if we if we push up towards flagstaff there's definitely options there i've, I've already started doing a little bit of research so that's awesome guys is there anything that we haven't uh, touched on tonight um, yeah, so we're adding a we're adding a women's pack out challenge. Uh, we had a lot of interest from women 
Um, so we're going to uh, make it towards like a mule deer size. So we're going to do the same pack out track, but we're going to have uh, mule deer quarters and the mule deer fixings with the Euro of the, the mule deer. And then also we do have a full on novelty range. I know you asked about that and I don't think we fully touched on it. So we have, um, uh, we're, we're allowing our vendors to set up their own shots and give away like extra giveaways. Um, but we also have like um, just our own giveaways that we'll give away at those uh, novelty shots. Like um, last year we gave away an exotic hunt in Texas. And then this year we're gonna do the same thing uh, we're going to give away one of those hunts as well. And then, um, yeah, yeah, we'll have uh, just a bunch of different vendors setting up their own novelty shots, which are, are really fun. And those really add to the event, which we didn't really touch on that at all. That's pretty cool. I, maybe I was just thinking about this. There's a, a, a gal I have my podcast. Her name's Liz Ann. And she runs Hunt LA. And it's it's a outfitter, but it's more like a she's a travel agent where she did, her whole focus is getting – women out in the outdoors and they got out there hunting. It's like, that would be a good uh, a partnership to see if your guys' backgrounds could make something happen. Cause she is heavily focused on females getting out there into the outdoors and she doesn't just do archery stuff. She'll like, she'd done trips down to the Florida Everglades to do iguana hunting. Uh, she's taking That's them out awesome. to go do uh, duck hunting, geese hunting, uh, wild hog hunting, or just, just, just five to eight, 12, anywhere between, six to a dozen women going on these on these adventures and stuff like that and she says it's quite popular with the husbands that will get will actually spend the extra money to get them mm -hmm. on these things because it's like it's she says it's great morale boosting uh it's a good way to it can increase their their confidence get some good hard wins underneath their belt especially when they'll have a, a lifetime when they shoot down their their first whatever it may be like going to be a a white tail or a goose or a duck or something like it, it just kind of kind of creates these memories that just last a lifetime Oh yeah. 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 The, the women are really getting into hunting, uh, in the last few years. So we really want to push on that too, you know, and cause, uh, his wife hunts, my, my wife is kind of interested in it. So we really want to like get the whole family involved, especially from the, the kids and the wives. And then, um, another thing that I didn't touch on is that, um, one of our courses we made almost fully handicap accessible and, uh, we have a vendor coming out from Antlift. Have you ever heard of them? Antlift. I don't think they've shown up in my feed yet, but uh, do do tell me about them. Yeah, so he makes uh, mobility lift um, things. So like for the back of the truck, for the back of the UTV. He just, uh, he he has a heart for the uh, the wounded veterans, you know, um, and he, he really does a lot for them. So we have him out there. Um, He's going to help uh, move people around. And then we also have um, Our Country for Heroes. Have you ever heard of them? Does, so they, they may be, it sounds like they're more focused in the southwest area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they go out east a lot, too. So they okay. have uh, whitetail properties out east that they take uh, veterans on um, hunts. And okay. I actually, I have a brother who is a double amputee. And I met Chase at one of the Total Archery Challenges. Um, or actually I met him at math. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, uh, we got hooked up with him. My brother actually went on an elk hunt with him, which was amazing. So we really want to involve those guys too. So we want to bring the whole community. That's a big part of it. Sorry, my dogs are a pain in the butt. <laughs> it's per perfectly understandable. You also have the Neistead foundation <laughs> there as well. They partnered up with 
HJUSA, and that's HJ Sports, 501c3 of helping giving back to the veterans and such. And they're right, they're based right out of Texas. And that would be a good person to talk to, too. As a, their main go to guy is named Joe Rhodes. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work with him, trying to get a podcast set up because he's he's the one that started up the skeet shooting event at next or at the end of the month at the, on the April 29th there in the at the Vortex shoot there at their facility. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love companies that that really like cater to the veterans. Like I, I love that man. Anybody that you uh, think would be a good contact for us too, just let let me know, man. I I would love to involve everybody, you know, and grow this thing um to where we need to uh get some extra help and you know <laughs> where it's not like, just the two of you yeah yeah for sure and so Efren, you you mentioned that your wife hunts as well how long has she been hunting um so she picked she picked up a rifle and did like the uh, uh i think her first hunt was a javelina hunt down in southern arizona um unsuccessful but went out and did it um but it, in 2020 when we moved to Colorado, she decided that she wanted to start um, start shooting a bow. So I think it was November of 2020, we bought her a bow and she started shooting no more than like 50 yards out. And by September, the following September of 20 of 21, we had her on, Jeff and I had her on stocks, on elk. Uh, she took a 50 yard shot at a bull her first season out loves it she's she's sick for it she'll go she'll hit the hills to have fun not as often as i'd like her to but she, anytime she can go she she's jumping in the truck so it's cool it's it's fun having her out there it is I, my wife she my wife hunts too as well and and uh she we just got got her bow finally set in because it's like she was at a low poundage for so long and some sites don't really kind of have a whole lot of flexibility with you at the side like especially with the ha tetra you have to set it at 20 at the side at 60. Well, we found over over course of a year, we slowly built up the shoulder muscles and getting everything going. So now she's she's pulling back at fifty pounds. We were able to get her final assist. So now she's dropping bombs at sixty yards now, but it's fully sided in. So when she feels more confident, drop them out at seventy or eighty. It's like I'm looking forward to the day when she gets to do it. It's like I don't mind spending money on arrows. Yeah. Like for for Christmas, I got my wife and my daughter another dozen arrows and stuff like that. So get them get them get ready for the season because they lost a lot of arrows. Yeah. yeah. Does she like that Tetra site? That's the same site my wife has, and she loves it. Oh, yeah. It is very easy to use, and it's like yeah. the nice thing about it, it's like it, the, the wheel on it's so large that you can actually do it about taking your gloves off, so this way you can you can dial it in. And I found a real, found something out that she really, really boosted her confidence was adding a magnifier to it. And so we added a 4X oh, magnifier, really? and she wears glasses, so she didn't have to have a clarifier or a verifier on it. So now she's far more confident dropping bombs at 60. Oh, that's further. cool. So if she is, so if her eyesight's still good enough where you don't have, well, you guys live out West. So a lot of States don't allow to have magnifiers on there unless right. I don't even know if even a, a doctor's prescription would allow them to, to skirt around that, uh, um, regulation. No, you, they won't unless you, you could apply for like special permits, but I don't know what the, what the qualifications are for that. But yeah, I doubt they would see how out, out West, out East here with white tail. It's not that big a deal for it. We have since we're so abundant for them, so you can you can rock a a clarifier and, and a, a whatever magnification you want to use for them, especially with turkeys and such. They're not they're they are not very restrictive on that particular aspect. 
those if you're if she's look if anybody you know that's like having struggle with struggling with uh, their eyesight, HA has a great uh, 2x, 4x, and a 6x if you want to go that far out there to get, to help zone in there. Now she's gotten to be pretty competitive. There's a couple of pictures on my Instagram where she she took a picture of both of our scorecards where it shows like the first half that were like just neck and neck. And then as the day went on, it's like the, you could see the, the clear winner of it all. I dream of that day. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <Yeah>. not... <laughs> you, you're not looking forward to when your wife is now is, is, is above your level? Yeah, I don't. I don't need my wife spanking me. I'm good. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you know, I just upgraded to some PS23s this year, and I'm looking forward to the like the day she's ready to jump up to that next level of arrow and such. Now, that's when she feels more confident, where she knows that like she doesn't have to worry about losing because those arrows, man, they're expensive after you're all done with them. Yeah, the gear's expensive. That's the that's the one thing that was uh, a little hard to get get used to when I started started doing archery um you know the arrows are expensive and then you get into hunting and the broadheads are expensive it's like oh man yeah yeah they are that's why i i like one of my primary sponsors is a veteran innovator products and he's a uh veteran himself he self-taught aerodynamics and so he built a, a solid company that puts together broadheads where you have to buy you don't you don't have to worry about buying them more than once you just buy the the, the actual broadhead once and then you just replace the blades and that's what uh, his claim to fame is, because it's like he's got the highest recovery rates of all the broadheads out there. And he doesn't post these stats. He's just that really? he, just, he just has this information because he has a variety of vendors all across the world. He has people in Argentina, Afghanistan, all the way out to in, in um, Australia, too. He even uses he, he has even he's got pictures of people using his broadheads on kangaroos. Yeah. And what first turned me on to them is that back when it was still called aerodynamics back in 2014 is that they came out, came out with the guillotine. There's a video. I don't know if it's still out there on YouTube, but it shows somebody drawing back on an ostrich had completely gone. Just all mm. had left was just a hair of uh, flesh holding it on. So all of a sudden you just watch the ostrich walk by and then there goes the head. I've never seen it. I'm going to look for it though. <laughs> yeah, check. check I've, these. I've seen the, yeah, I've seen the videos of them chopping the jerky's heads off with those. But yeah, these are what it came out. Yeah, last year this is the the guillotine X because well, obviously I don't know if you can't really see yeah. it from that way, but this is 175 grain. This thing's absolutely Dude. massive. And what what the what these do is that now they bend. So this way, then if you actually didn't if you miss your target, you don't have to worry about the the, the blades bending or yeah. torqued or anything like that. And the best part is these are all made in America, so that's the best part. Yeah, that's awesome. So during the during when everybody was struggling to get uh, broadheads in and stuff like that, he was flourishing because everything's right there, manufactured in Fredericksburg, uh, Texas. That's awesome. Yeah. So while everybody else is struggling to get the stuff from from either China or Japan or from the Korea or the Philippines, he was just ready to fill orders without without issue. Yeah, his first his first guillotine was like the curved one, right? Uh, that was the Adam, I believe. The the uh, okay. uh, the the guillotine is just a flat out straight X. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Those those look cool. I uh, I've never shot one, but you guys got you guys get your uh, turkey tags yet for this upcoming spring? Dude, we're so busy with the event. I like I dread even thinking about turkey season. You know, <laughs> if you didn't know this already, you can actually hunt in Nebraska over there on the eastern or well, for you guys, it'll be east of you in that east northeast corner there are northwest however you want to look at it where it's the it's crawfordville crawford Tech, nebraska 
Well, in that area there, they actually have a bow only season, and actually it starts. Actually, I believe it already opened up. It's th- two weeks of bow only, and then it rolls into. So you have the entire public land all to yourself to go turkey hunting. It's a hundred and like fifty seven dollars per tag. You can get three birds. Oh, really? Awesome. You can camp yep. out there. You can get hotels out there. So it's like I was gonna. If we weren't going to to Mountain Archery Fest, that was going to be my trip out west was to go to do this hunt. So if we if uh if we were if we were able to book everything, I wouldn't actually be out there. I actually was like October. I was looking at hotel dates and stuff like because as soon as you can reserve not a hotel but a campsite, as soon as you can reserve a campsite is October because you only do it six months prior to the actual date of your reservation. Oh, that's you. cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat, man. Especially like yeah. for yourselves, you guys are so busy. It kind of opens you up that opportunity where you can get out there and bow hunt only for that time frame. And you can, it's I think it's either two weeks or three weeks long uh, season. Yeah, get those Easter. Yeah, I I might get out a couple times. My family has a ranch right there by the Whittington Center on the Colorado side. Okay. So I might get out a couple times. We'll see. My daughter really wants to go, so I'll probably take her a couple times, but. Fingers crossed, you guys will be able to get her get her on a bird. Uh, you can do a twelve gauge or twenty gauge uh, for her. Yeah, a little twenty gauge probably. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. was it uh, Iowa just passed last year? They could use four tens now for turkey, I believe. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it was for, or if it's for whitetail, but that's a good way to get into it. And I have a buddy yeah. of mine that's up in North Dakota. He hunts both sides of the border there, North Dakota, Montana. He's got his four year old on a, on a couple of birds. And throughout the years, and he got him set up on a 410, got him a, si- got him a full-size one, and then yeah. just customs cut the stock to him. So this way, when he gets old enough, all you need to do now is replace the stock, and he's still got a good good functional yeah. firearm. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, we have a 410 for the kids, but I don't think you can use it here. I'll have to look more into that. But It's funny how when you focus primarily on bow hunting, all the gun regulations just kind of go to the wayside. It's like, well, I, yeah. actually, I have to go look it up because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> For sure, man. For sure. Yeah, I used to I used to geek out on the gun stuff, and then bow hunting hit, and I was like, "Oh, wait, I haven't had a rifle tag in years." Yeah, what yeah. are the current regulations? So, Efron, do you in your you gonna get any of your kids out on some turkeys? Um, I'm not. I I'm not sure. I've got them on. I had a a guy last year talk to me about getting my kids out on the. It's like a youth ranch. Okay. And he put them on standby last year and called me said hey they're up can you go and i i i travel so much for uh for my my normal job um i wasn't able to do it uh i think they're on standby again this year but other than that probably not man i'm i'm actually i'm in a hotel room right now in houston working too so between this and the next i don't know two or three jobs that i've got going on i probably won't won't be in colorado much until the event to the event i gotcha which yeah. makes perfect sense uh before we wrap things up is there anything you want to touch on one last time i just you know just want to re- reiterate that western hunt fest is definitely a family friend friendly event even if, i mean even if you're not a hunter if you're not or if you're a new hunter and you're you're listening to this podcast and you want to come check it out it's free to just come out and, and walk around you can you can you know meet the hunters the athletes you can meet the vendors you can see what they've got going on, see what it's all about. And hopefully, we, you know, if you're not a hunter or you're a new hunter, we introduce you to something new. Beautiful. Any closing word, final thoughts from you, Jeff? Um, if you come out, you can meet the people's champ, Mondo. 
<laughs> that is I a mean, very fitting uh, uh, title for him. And I yeah. also I talked to Chance last week because from Rod Holsters. He was on oh, last yeah. week. He may not be. He's trying to figure out if he can make it because he's he got hired on full time, and he has the he works six on or is it, I think it's eight on six off type scenario, and it's like it's there's always a conflict for one for the event, so he's not even sure if he's going to be able to get his booth set yeah. up at any of the events this year. Oh yeah, I love Chance too. He's dude, that's a good dude. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I yeah. mean, he, he he custom built my holster for me and stuff like that. And he actually oh. went out of his way to go find me a, a go find a mold for the X7 Legion from Sig. So it's That's it's awesome. Yeah, I was pretty impressed for him. And he's like, yeah, I get it done for you because a lot of places don't carry this model because it's it's a it's a competition pistol. And I'm not a competitive shooter. I just really like how it shoots. But the fact that I have the dual molly, it's just a winner right there. And I have a buddy of mine was talking to me this week about his uh, he's got a a Sig nine through a nine thirty eight. <laughs> And he can't find his Kydex holsters. Like, dude, just talk to him. It's like, I'm sure he can make it happen. Plus, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have it, it gives him an inspiration to go get it. Now it just adds one more holster to his arsenal of stuff. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And plus, yeah, yeah. he can put his logo on there. Every time I've heard him talk to somebody, he's like, oh, I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> he does yes. not tell a customer no. That's the best part yeah. of his customer service. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's one thing. You should you try to incorporate him on and see if he can get you uh, – get you guys a, a holster for as a giveaway or something like that that'd be fantastic oh, to get his yeah. business yeah he gives away uh uh two holsters at each event oh that's awesome that's fantastic and then, now are you got have you guys joined uh the toxin app yet for your events the what the toxin app it is an app that is designed for people to go on if they're bored and they want to look for archery events that's what it does. It uses your GPS location and it finds oh, the closest wow. archery event. He's managed to get all of HJ USA maps on there. I don't know about TAC. And then I know um, R100 is on there too as well. So the whole nationwide, their whole nationwide uh, schedule. But it's a great way to get you guys on there too as well. And he'll be gladly sign you guys up there and put all your information on there. And he's yeah. been growing. So it'd be good to get your, get, get your guys' stuff on there. Just one more avenue for people to look at it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Look at that. Yeah, I think Brandon sent me his list one time, I believe, uh, from Math. Okay. And I, I wasn't sure how to get on there, but thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the best part about it. Jeremy uh, Fisher's been on my podcast several times. So if you look through my 160-some episodes, you'll be able to find he's been on the podcast like three or four times about growth and such. So, yeah, he's yeah. he's – we're, him and I are getting together here shortly. I just ordered some new A3 bowstrings, and we're going to be working on my target bow. I, I dubbed it the Incredible Hulk because it's like my strings are old school Hulk colors, and the yeah. bow itself is green and black. And then I got my PS23s that are purple and black. So it's like, it's just, That's it's awesome. going to be wild. It's going to be cool. So, and plus, we're, th we're, th we're throwing on a, a, a new Tetra site on it. So it's going to be rock and roll. I'm pretty stoked about the whole yeah. process. That's cool. Yeah, that's way cool. Well, gentlemen, I want to say thank you for taking your time and jumping on the on the podcast here. For those that are in the in uh, on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. I also put in the westernhuntfest.com link inside the chat bot chat room there for you. And this podcast will be out n next week, so please check in and uh, go get your tickets. Go in there early. Go find their YouTube. Or you guys have YouTube yet? No, I yeah. Okay. 
All right, get that done. And then on top of that, you go make sure you follow them on Instagram. Is there any other social media that I left out? Nope. That is it. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it.